This week at AveMariaRadio.net's Poll of the Week, we want to know what is your favorite Summer Olympic event? Let us know now by going to AveMariaRadio.net, scrolling down on the homepage and clicking Poll of the Week. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. Thank you, Matthew. Very good to have you there doing the news. Let me talk about this situation with Pope Francis's motu proprio. I'll begin by saying, you know, we should all know the hypocrisy and spiritual danger of arguing over the words of the liturgy when our hearts are seeping bitterness, anger, and resentment towards fellow Christians who worship differently or towards bishops and priests and popes who maybe have a different understanding of the liturgy than we do. And Jesus, uh, St. Paul, Isaiah, and others of the prophets made it clear that justice, righteousness, is not found in the correct words if our hearts are far from the love of God, or if we have hardened our hearts uh, to the plight of the poor. So fellow Christians around the globe, you know, don't have the luxury or ease to dispute the words of the liturgy. And we shouldn't forget that. Uh, we're in a privileged position vis-a-vis our brothers and sisters around the world. Uh, in the last 200 days, for instance, in Nigeria, 2,500, or actually 3,500 Christians were executed. 30 churches were attacked, hundreds kidnapped. Now, you know, I live here in the United States. I work here in the United States. I live with our issues. And this is what we talk about on this program. So, I am interested in what Pope Francis had to say and how it will affect uh, those around me. Now, uh, let me say, he uh, issued his motu proprio called Traditionis Custodis, and it seems to limit the availability and restrict the growth of what is commonly called the traditional Latin Mass, which for the purpose of this commentary is synonymous with the 1962 Missal of John the Twenty-Third, or what is sometimes called the extraordinary form of the Mass. Now, I'm disappointed, not because I worship in a traditional Latin Mass setting. I don't. Uh, in fact, uh, I worship in a reverent Mass of Paul VI with charismatic elements and with uh, songs, uh, which are the Sanctus and the Agnus Dei, for instance. Those parts of the Mass are usually sung in Latin. So it's quite an assembly of different elements, and I've been there for, well, 25 years, and I love it. I love the, our priest, Father Red Friedi, who does a tremendous job and leads a very reverent but also dynamic Mass. Now, I'm disappointed because I believe Pope Benedict XVI had helped ensure unity when he reinstated easy access to the traditional Mass back in 2007. At that time, I took him to mean that the Latin Rite could bear two different expressions simultaneously. The ordinary form was the Mass of Paul VI, and it was clearly the dominant form. I think 96% of American uh, parishes uh, worship with the Mass of Paul VI. And then there was the extraordinary form, the Mass of John the Twenty-Third, the 1962 Missal. Now, I thought those were compatible. Uh, part of that is my temperament. I like choices. I like the idea that you can have a variety 
of different uh, liturgical expressions, as long as, of course, the rubrics are adhered to and the canon of the Mass remains stable. According to Pope Francis, though, I may have gotten this wrong. I'm still looking at it, but Pope Francis seems to be saying that there's only one unique liturgy to be celebrated in the Latin Rite. Now, this controversy has come about because of observations many people have made. So we've heard people complain about a lackadaisical, banal, irreverent attitude at many Catholic parishes that use the Novus Ordo, or more properly, the Mass of Paul VI. At the same time, I've wondered about some of those critics of the Mass of Paul VI. Is there passion for the traditional Mass because they're not exercising the contemplative side of their spirituality anywhere other than at Mass? I mean, going to Mass simply to satisfy the contemplative side of spirituality is almost as bad as going to Mass just pray the rosary or, you know, do your novena. The Mass is a corporate act of worship in which we, not I, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And I listen to these arguments all the time. Sometimes those who prefer the more traditional liturgy uh, sound like spiritual elitists who are taunting the Novus Ordo worshiper with language that sounds like, my Mass is better than your Mass. And I say some, definitely not all. I have many friends who, you know, uh, worship in a traditional Latin Mass setting, and they do not exhibit that attitude. And then you've got um, critics of the traditional Mass who write off the appeal of the 1962 Missal as mere antiquarianism or traditionalism, which it certainly isn't. There's a, a beauty to it. Um, those who prefer the traditional Mass often point, oh, I said this already, to the banality of the way the uh, Paul VI Maths is done. But let's remember, you can't compare a poorly uh, said Mass of Paul VI with a beautifully said Mass of Pius V or of John XXIII. You've got to compare apples with apples here. You've got to have both Masses done well if you want to compare them. So more seriously, we do have a problem in that, and I've seen this, and you've probably seen it too. There are those who prefer the more traditional liturgy who have, in fact, called into question the validity of certain of the documents of the Second Vatican Council, and in some cases, the validity of the council itself. I want to stress uh, the fr friends of mine who are worship in a traditional Latin Mass setting are fully, fully embrace the documents of Vatican II. So, I mean, there are, there are, there's a certain flank here. Uh, I'm not saying it's a majority, but it's there, and sometimes these are the, these are the loudest voices that are out there that are conflating uh, enthusiasm for the traditional Mass with suspicion about the Second Vatican Council. So Pope Francis hears about all this, and he sends out a 2020 questionnaire the CDF actually sends it out, Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. It goes to diocesan bishops, wants to know what their experience is with the traditional Mass since Pope Benedict XVI's, uh, uh, his own motu proprio, restoring and reinstating easy access and generous availability of the traditional Mass. The questions were kind of, this. I'll read a few of the questions. I actually have them here in front of me. 
Uh, in your opinion, are there positive or negative aspects of the use of the extraordinary form? Um, are the norms and conditions established by Sumorum Pontificum, that's Benedict XVI's modo proprio, are those being respected? Um, from the celebration of the Mass, do you, you, for the celebration of the Mass, do you use the missal promulgated by Pope John XXIII in 1962? And so uh, 13 years after the modo proprio, the, another question is, um, what is your advice about the extraordinary form of the uh, Roman Rite? Well, after he asks those questions, he gets all the answers. We don't have the answers, all right? He, we have the questions. We don't have the answers. Pope Francis, you know, apparently went through all this, and he came up then with some reasons for why he was going to uh, limit accessibility uh, to the traditional Latin Mass and uh, restrict its future growth. Number one. This is why he claims he's doing it. Attempts to recover unity have been disregarded and have been exploited to widen the gaps, reinforce the divergences, and encourage disagreements that injure the church, block her path, and expose her to the peril of division. So he's claiming that uh, Pope Benedict XVI was actually trying to restore unity and recover unity, but in fact, it hasn't worked. What's happened in his estimation is we've got real danger of division here. Second point, the use of the 1962 Missal is often characterized by a rejection not only of the liturgical reform but of the Vatican Council itself, claiming with unfounded and unsustainable assertions that it betrayed the tradition and the true church. Now there, Pope Francis is actually referring to people who are maybe in schism or are close to being in schism. Um, the third reason for his decision, ever more plain in the words and attitudes of many, is the close connection between the choice of celebrations according to the liturgical books prior to Vatican Council II and the rejection of the church and her institutions in the name of what is called the true church. Very much like the second reason. So it's clear Pope Francis is committed uh, to there being one Mass for Latin Rite Catholics. But exactly what this means is still unclear. He points to the Pope St. Pius V, who established uh, for the Church a single Roman Missal. But today, uh, he, he points out that Pope Emeritus uh, Benedict, in his negotiations with the priestly society of Pope St. Pius X, he granted the request to permit any priest who wished to offer the traditional Latin Mass so they'd have freedom to do so of their own accord and without the bishop's permission. But that isn't all that Benedict said. In, in the book Last Testament, which was an interview he did with Peter Seewald, he made clear that he was reinstating the traditional Mass because he thought uh, there had been a division that had grown up in the heart of the church as though somehow we were rejecting the Mass of the past. So Pope Benedict permitted the 1962 Missal of John XXIII to help lead us back to unity, but now Pope Francis is pursuing a very different strategy. He's restricting the availability and the growth of the Latin Mass, in his mind, for the sake of unity. So we've got two contrary impressions here from two uh, popes. And let me say, this is not as easy 
as a lot of people seem to think it is, um, those who claim there's simply one traditional unity or liturgy to which we must return, um, <laughs> you have to ask, what, are you, what liturgy are you talking about? In medieval times, there are very many local variants of the Roman rite, um, even if they didn't amount to distinct rites. I mean, you had the Dominican rite in the 13th century, which is generally considered an expression of the Roman rite, uh, and that's been revised. Uh, there have been different forms of it. Uh, you have, of course, uh, a lot of different uh, variations, and what happens is the printing press begins to impose uniformity on parish liturgies, and also the decrees of the Council of Trent. But even now, you've got the Anglican use rite, which is considered part of the Latin rite, but it's different. So there's going to be some discussion here over exactly what the limitations are. Even when you get by and you say, well, okay, uh, we're not using the 1962 missile, the question is then, what is the universally acceptable liturgy? <laughs>